embodies that hardworking, frugal living, attention to academics and scholastics. He's a scholar. And so he is focused and dedicated and absolutely deserving of support. You just heard the voice of Judy Blunt, professor of creative writing, talking about her student, Rick White, one of the Bertha Morton graduate student scholarship winners for 2021-2022. Welcome to Confluence, where great ideas flow together, the podcast of the Graduate School of the University of Montana. I'm Ashby Kinch, Associate Dean of the Graduate School. This episode of Confluence is part of a series recognizing the achievements of some of our outstanding graduate students. Named for a great Montanan who dedicated her life to public service, the Bertha Morton Award was endowed to support graduate education by recognizing the distinctive contributions our graduate students make in research, creative activity, and public service. Rick's natural talent as a writer, combined with his commitment and work ethic, make him a top candidate for the Bertha Morton Award. His creative drive and dedication to the craft of writing landed him a nomination for Best American Essays for his essay, Mr., an exceptional feat for a writer at this stage of his career. We're proud to share his graduate journey with listeners. Enjoy the float. Thanks for joining us, Rick. Hey, thank you. Congratulations on winning the Bertha Morton. It's it's a top honor, obviously, at the graduate school. Tell us what it means to you to have won this award. I mean, first of all, it's a, it's just a huge honor uh, to be even nominated uh, for my department in creative writing, but then selected um, to be in conversation with people like Sam Dunnington and Emily Collins, the other winners from from the creative writing department. is It's an incredible honor, um, one I, I wasn't expecting, and but I'm, I'm super grateful for. Is there some tie to the Bertha Morton story itself that uh, led you to apply, or that is part of kind of how you're thinking about uh, the the pride of winning the award? Yeah, I, I spoke with my advisor, Judy Blunt, um, as the, the deadline for application was coming up, and, and we talked about uh, Bertha Morton and and some of her her interests and and beliefs and um, yeah she was just a really fascinating person uh, it seems like to me um, not having met her but just reading her story um, she has she had tremendous work ethic and and commitment she was very frugal uh, and very committed to her to her work uh, and she wanted to pass some of those some of her uh, hard earned I guess money and savings uh, and and pay it forward, I guess. So how did you end up coming to Montana? What was your connection? You know, I, I came back in 2008 uh, for the environmental studies program, uh, the master's program here. Uh, I was coming from Denver. Well, I was coming from Arkansas by way of Denver and had a great time in the environmental studies program here. I uh, got a tremendous education out on the peas farm. I was uh, a caretaker there and a teaching assistant. I went back to teach middle school in Denver after graduating, ended up going back to Arkansas uh, to be closer to family, and in 2016, moved to Lepanto, Arkansas, which is a really small town where my grandparents are from, to help be a primary caretaker for my grandfather. And that, that was kind of the launching point towards my 
latest creative endeavor and creative writing, uh, writing that story about my grandfather mm-hmm. and that year that I spent with him. And that story culminated in uh, this publication, Mister. Somewhat, yeah. I came back to Montana in 2017 uh, after that year with my grandfather to to write that memoir. Um, spent two years working on it, and I'm you know the classic Montana cabin on a river in Twin Bridges, Montana. Revised that work, let's see, eight or ten times, and then only eight or ten, only eight or ten <laughs> times, full full reads. Had a wonderful group of friends and and former mentors who read drafts of it and gave feedback, and then I just realized at a certain point in in 2019 that it was time to be back in a creative community. So moved back to Missoula, and I went down to Denver to a a conference called Lit Fest. And that's where I actually uh, wrote in a, in a generative workshop. Uh, I, was, I was trying it out to see if it might be, if graduate school might be something for me. So it was a short, compressed five-day workshop. And in that workshop is where I wrote that essay that eventually got published in High Desert Journal and then nominated for Best American Essays this year. So. Yeah. And it's that kind of a story about writing. Uh, it's layers and it's and it's detours and it's redirections. It's it's common, right? It's it's rare, in fact, to have, uh, you know, it just came out of my head, perfect the first time and off it went. And that's kind of a, an important story I think we need to tell publicly about just the labor involved with building up your craft. Yeah, it's a really... I don't know very many comparisons to this type of work in the modern workforce. It's just, it, it's almost archaic in how long it takes and how much effort it takes and the the pace at which publication works. I'm not even to a, a point where I have a book deal or anything like that, but that takes, that will be another couple of years when I get to that point. So yeah, yeah um, I think Annie Dillard was the one who said books take anywhere from two to 10 years to write but they average between five and seven. And I think that's, that's, that's pretty true in my case. Yeah. And of course there's the famous, uh, Texas writer, Larry King, uh, wrote, um, none but a blockhead ever wrote for anything but money. Right. Uh, you know, that that's one of the problems is that, you know, we know for sure that if we're, if we're only doing it for money, we're not, uh, we're not in the right game, but you know, to, to stay afloat, you got to find it somehow. You gotta, you gotta find an outlet, a venue, you gotta find compensation. You gotta, I mean, you, you refer to it as an archaic workforce. I think that's, uh, that's exactly right. You also have to find community. And I feel like I'm fortunate to have a lot of creative friends and other, you know, documentary filmmakers and journalists, um, but also writers at different stages in their careers that I've that I've become friends with or have studied under. Yeah, that, just to have that support network is is really key because it is a it's an endeavor full of self doubt and lots of ups and downs and emotional uh, roller coasters for sure. So yeah, I think being in the creative writing department here and in this community has been a tremendous next step. I've really accelerated in my study, uh, in my, in my approach to writing and then just having a community of people who are committed to the same endeavor, you know, um, other people who are writing tremendous stories, uh, fiction, nonfiction, poetry. It's just an incredible program and has such a legacy here, uh, on this campus. You see why it's, you know, a program of national recognition. Yeah. And it's funny you're mentioning this because there's two sides to that community, right? One is the um, support of common endeavor, you know, and especially on failure, sort of on the low end, when you're feeling low, you need that. But then on the other end is the inspiration is the people that are, you know, performing at such a high level that it kind of, you know, 
pulls you forward a little bit, you know, so it kind of works on both sides. Absolutely. Yeah. You mentioned um, having done the master's in environmental studies, which of course has a, a strong writing component as well. Um, and I, I'm kind of eager to hear you talk a little bit about that constellation of interests that brought you into the nonfiction branch of the creative writing program. So, you know, for, for listeners, you know, that we have a poetry branch and a fiction branch. We have this uh, non creative nonfiction branch as well. So talk a little bit about that space that you're carving out for yourself as a writer in that space. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was drawn to the environmental studies program because of its interdisciplinary nature. You know, I had a, some experience as an undergrad working on sustainable organic farms uh, as an intern. So I love that program. I love the, the nonfiction writing as well, that they, they're kind of committed to environmental writing. Also nonprofit management, tremendous training in that. So I, that's what I was looking for when I was, let's see, I was 25 when I started that program. So yeah, I got... I got this really diverse interdisciplinary degree and training uh, in environmental studies that, you know, is in keeping with my, I'm just a dabbler and mm -hmm. have been since I was young and I've always kind of wandered and I feel like environmental studies encouraged that and supported me and, and showed me that that was a valuable path to take in the world. And I've taken a circuitous route back to University of Montana and into the creative writing program and they're only furthering that education and that support. So Yeah, so the, yeah, I mean so that nonfiction track within the creative writing program kind of complements that degree and that work you did there, but here with a more of a focus on craft and, and, and the writing craft itself. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just a much more concentrated focus. Uh and it's also given me access to um the literature department uh and some tr really, really fantastic professors. Well, tell us a little bit more about kind of what the path beyond the degree is. What's next for you? I love teaching. I spent four years teaching middle school and high school in Denver. I've kind of wanted to to bump that up and teach college. I'll be a teaching assistant next year. We'll see what the opportunities are um, in higher education after, you know, in a year, year and a half, whenever I finish up. But I would love to get back into teaching or continue that, even if it's just in like summer workshop capacity or something alternative like that. But yeah, working in the publishing industry, writing would be would be great, but we'll see. I think if I've learned anything, it's just um, in this program especially, but in environmental studies and life in general, just just do good work, keep your head down and be good to people and the opportunities will, will kind of open up. Thank you so much for coming to join us, Rick. Hey, thank you, Ashby. I appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode of Confluence, subscribe to our podcast feed at Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher. Make sure to rate and review to support our enterprise of bringing you the voices of graduate education at the University of Montana. See you on the next float.